I'll put, you know, my hand on my, my tummy and the other one on my heart and like stay in tune with my breathing. And it always brings me back to the moment. Welcome to the Radical Existence Podcast. This podcast is part of the bigger movement and online community where we cook together, move together, breathe together, and be together. The ideas you hear on the podcast are just the tip of the iceberg. If you want to join the conversation, head over to RadicalExistence.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate, and review. We appreciate you helping to share our message. Welcome to Season 3 of Radical Existence. We are so happy that you're here. So to kick off season three, we are actually recycling an episode. We're recycling episode four with Steph from Van Allen Art. Steph is a great example of what living a radical existence looks like. She uh, went on a journey and discovered her own truth and has started to live back in alignment with that truth that she found, which is a journey we're hoping to facilitate here at Radical Existence and, of course, uh, the journey we are on ourselves. Uh With this interview, we are also announcing our next book club book. You don't have to be a member to join our book club. It's something we offer to everyone. So if this book sounds interesting to you, please sign up for our book club. You can email radicalexistence at gmail.com or hit us up on social media to sign up. So drum roll, please. The title of the book is called The Way of Integrity, Finding the Path to Your True Self. It is written by Martha Beck, and it is a wonderful uh, book and aligns so perfectly with the radical existence um, message, way of life, our philosophies, and we can't wait to dive in and to hear what you have to say about it. What makes Radical Existence work is your participation as a member and a non-member as someone in our sphere. So please reach out, please get uh, connected with us on social media, and we will love to hear from you, especially if you're interested in reading this book with us. Anyway, I'm excited for you to hear all of the nuggets of wisdom that are in this interview every time. I listen to it, I get re-inspired for um, life and finding that still silent place in myself that connects me to truth and um, my deepest inner knowing. So here we are. We are with Steph from Van Allen Art. All of her information is linked in the show notes. So we are here with my very good friend, Stephanie of Van Allen Art. Stephanie and I met, I call her Steph, we met at um, a local Pilates studio here in Sacramento, California, and she is just a wise, kindred spirit, amazing soul, um, So, and definitely radical. So I can't wait awesome. to talk to her. Stephanie, I can't wait to talk to you. How are you today? Good. Thank you. I'm really excited to share space with you today. So thank you for having me. Yes, perfectly said. Um, Before I keep rambling for your introduction, why don't you introduce yourself? So if you want to tell us, the listeners, a little bit about yourself and just, yeah, kind of a synopsis of your journey, where, what you do, where you've been and how you got here. Does that sound all right? Yes, that sounds wonderful. (laughs) So I have always been an artist at heart and I've been painting since I can remember, but I started really uh, sharing my artwork with the world probably like in my early 20s 
And I had that gypsy spirit where I was traveling with different bands and painting at different festivals and just trying to figure out what to do with just the inspiration I was getting from uh, my art and how to express it. And I eventually moved down to San Diego, California, where that place is just still has a piece of my soul there, I think. <laughs> and I became a mom and things changed quickly with that because I felt like I needed to go on a different career path. I needed a secure education and I decided to plunge into a different avenue with massage therapy and body work healing, which was this whole different avenue that I wanted to kind of tap into because I felt like art sometimes isn't um, 100% secure or you don't really know where the next income is going to come from. So I kind of got into this fear base a little bit that I wanted to get this secure job. And I decided to go down the massage therapy path. And I did about uh, four years of schooling and decided to work in different places. And then eventually for myself. And when the pandemic started, it put me in um, a different healing direction to where I was able to step back and see what direction I wanted to go with closing my my practice and then eventually just going back to my art. So now I'm back sitting in front of my art working at my um, working on my artwork again. Awesome. So here's where I want to go. I like because what I'm so inspired by with you is that journey of like reaching for security, but like you said, it's out of fear. So I just want to make sure that we really talk about that. Cause I feel like that's such a, a blocking point for so many of us, you know, like myself included. So, and I feel like too, that's such a, a seed that needs to be planted out to other people and shared as like my story to share with another person, because I remember being in San Diego and sitting with my art and being in that space where I had to have this security. And when I went down this whole road of learning, it brought me back to the same, the same place, but with different set of eyes, if that makes sense. That's and perfect. <laughs> I wouldn't take anything back because there was a lot of stuff inside of myself that needed to be healed, which was my old my belief system, my past, um, the people I had in my life, the relationships that I thought were healthy that weren't, um, the love that I didn't really have for myself and the confidence and the self-doubt that I carried. So I felt like my body actually was craving that healing. And I felt the universe like put me down that road of learning how the body works and how it heals. So I can not only help other people through the journey, but it would also remove that, those blocks within myself to help me actually create better artwork and be in a whole different space that I am now. Right. What an amazing journey. So that journey that you're speaking of is, I feel like it's something that we all really struggle with. And I, it's almost represented by uh, both sides of the mind or the, the ego, 
I mean, obviously security, we all desire that. But at what point do you get to tap into that kind of, I guess, faith of being able to walk in and know that your art will, even though it's not maybe the most stable of futures, support you? I mean, it's just, it's such a brave thing to do, a radical thing to do. Uh, Can you talk a little bit more about going back to that and how you discovered strength in that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The first word that comes to mind is trust. Trust is something that relates to trusting and align with faith, right? Trusting that things are going to work out even though you can't physically, tangibly hold on to it. Trust is about trusting in your own self and your confidence and your goals and seeing what you want you know, keeping your eye on the target. Trust is having those positive people in your life that are going to lift you up when you aren't, you know, fully feeling 100%. And throughout my whole healing journey and being a therapist and being an artist and a mother and a friend, trust is something that I had to really learn. I actually like sat down with my journal and just wrote trust. Like, what does trust mean to me? What how does it play a part in my life? And once I started dissecting those words um, of what was coming out and just being with the word trust, I started building a whole different confidence within my own being and with my art and being able to see things show up that required my trust. So that goes along with faith, right? Because before I didn't have that, I was in a lack-based thinking. I was scared. It was scarcity. It was, well, what if this doesn't work out? And how could I be successful or create something positive on a foundation that's not solid? Yeah. I'm, you're taking the words right out of my mouth and I'm quickly... <laughs> I'm actually writing notes because part of starting Radical Existence is the exploration of exactly that. So for me, just to give you a little background, at least on how I'm relating to to your story and I'm learning from it, is uh, it just the journey doesn't always look like what you think it should look like. And while at the time I, I knew you, I felt like I was in positive environments and surrounded by what would seemingly be positive people, but there was still so much of myself that was broken that um, no matter how great the outward environment was or supportive, there was so much to, so much inner work to be done. And that's kind of the, those are the things that you're talking about right now. What is that inner work? You talked about writing trust down in the, in your journal and uh, sitting with yourself. I mean, can you give listeners a really logistical, like what did that really look like? Was it just a lot of time spent alone? And what if you are trying to like rush to pay the rent? How did you find the space to do all of those things and still uh, come out, you know, faith driven on the other end? I had to sit with myself and look at what my external environment was. How was I engaging with people? And actually, when I was doing massage therapy, this taught me a lot because when I was in sessions with with clients and working on their energy and their um, blocks within the body, like that was such a mere reflection of also what was going on with me. And even, you know, in my work environments and how I spoke and the words that I chose to use 
was all a mere reflection of me and what was really going on. So I felt like when I was having relationships that didn't feel supportive or I didn't have things turn out the way that I wanted to, I had to really sit back and see what I was stirring up inside of myself, if that makes sense. And I feel like we are always so busy with the external environment and, um, you know, we're always on our phone or electronic device <laughs> and that it like takes us away from our, our emotional well-being, if you would say. So I feel that it's really important to take the time and listen to what's going on inside because that's going to give you a lot of direction of what isn't working, what is working and then you'll be able to see the external things change around you. And that's what I, I learned a lot from when I worked around or with other people. And when I started working for myself at my massage therapy practice and also with, you know, my artwork and just the way that I talk to myself daily and the way that I talk to other people, I just feel like it's really, really important because whatever's going on inside of you is going to show up on the outside and energy doesn't lie. <laughs> so so that's, true. Energy doesn't lie. <laughs> and when I, cause I would study with, and I still do, I work with a shaman that I, I touch base with. And it's just, I always had anxiety. I always had these lack base um, feelings and you know, when you have that inside, you're going to project that out. And then I would get, you know, anxious clients that I would see. And it's just kind of like, it was just really, really interesting to just see how uh, each one of us plays an important role um, in life. But we're also this like diamond or crystal, like we're this mere reflection in each angle of each other that we can learn and grow and share uh, what's going on. And even in in negative situations, there's always opportunity. And so, um, I've always, or I'm working with that right now, just really taking that to heart and trying to stay, um, grounded as much, as much as possible and learn as much as I can. Oh my gosh. So many like nuggets of wisdom. I'm just (laughs) (laughs) taking it all in. Uh, One of the first things that you said, and just, again, hope if there's a listener out there, that's kind of going through the same personal battle. I'll be transparent. I'm going through that personal battle, especially with things like social media, things that I'm told are good for my business, where, you know, being on Facebook and Instagram just doesn't feel good to me at the end of the day. And, um, my heart says to get off of it and find a new path, but my knowledge, my intellect says, no, this is the way that everyone does it. This is the way you have to do it to find success. Um, so yeah, it's, it's being brave enough to follow your heart, which, and I hate to say follow your heart in kind of this fairy tale way, but to really follow your intuition, I guess, is the better word that right. you say. Can I, can I add to that? Yeah. Also to, to not be afraid of failure. I feel like failure is such a thing that people want to avoid when going on this journey that I 
was talking about in San Diego. And then now where I'm at like 10 years later, there was so much disappointment and failure, but so much, so much success and growth through that um, transformation. And I feel like the things that didn't work out or um, you would consider a failure just brought so much more positivity and growth to what I'm trying to do. So to encourage others that just because things um, feel fearful or aren't working out, like take that challenge as inspiration because that means that you are growing. If you're not failing, you're not growing to a certain extent. Like you want to be able to learn from your failures because you don't want to go there again. But at the same time, you're going to be able to just be that much more um, stronger in what you're doing. Right. So Steph, for someone that's looking that say is looking at their life and they're saying, I know things aren't working. I know that I'm, you know, kind of coming up against all these obstacles and something needs to change. Uh, where would you suggest that they begin? What would be the first thing? I mean, you, you always had your art to go back to, uh, would you say like, listen to that inner calling and, and how would you, how would you explain what the, the first step looks like in this journey? I would say like, yes, my art was there, but it was, it was faint. The energy wasn't strong. And what has made it stronger now into the foreground is the sub like being aware of my subconscious mind. And that goes to your belief pattern in your belief system. When we're a kid, we're believe, you know, we believe certain things of what our parents tell us or the way that we see things and um, take in the world. And I really had to go back and rip apart my belief system. I had to do the surgery on that and pull out the things that weren't working because self-doubt doesn't serve me. If I'm in a, a space where I'm so worried about what I'm painting before I'm done showing it to the world, like I'm not going to be able to be successful with that. And that wasn't working for me. And for people that are in a space where they feel that things aren't working out for them, they have to go back and do the surgery in their mind of like, how are they thinking when they wake up in the day? Is is it a positive thought or is it a negative thought? Is those little fine entunements that you can really make that is going to start changing the way you start manifesting the outside world of how you want it, if that makes sense? It makes so much sense um, because at <laughs> least one of my like core beliefs is that uh, like health, wellness, well-being, wholeness is accessible to us right now. You don't need to, you know, go pay thousands of dollars to um, figure out how to take care of yourself. And I love what you're talking about is just being such a, a democratic approach to um, like transformation, you know, take the right. information, dive deep and ask yourself the questions. And really at the end of the day, it's you and your commitment to the work that, uh, leads to this transformation. You can't, it can't come through outright purchase as Joseph Pilates would say. <laughs> <laughs> right. And knowing that you do have your own treasure box inside of you. And I, that took me a long time to find the keys to, and now I feel like I found my keys and I dusted them off and I unlocked that lock. And I'm in this treasure box of this like universe that has endless amounts of information if I really just slow down to tune into it and it 
takes away the anxiety. It takes away the fear. It doesn't give power to that. And you don't feel like you need uh, external things to make you go forward. But yes, of course, like we need to pay our bills. We need to, um, you know, have our main necessities met. But I think that's where your mindful practice comes in every day to where you set the tone, right? Like you don't just roll out of bed and I mean, maybe you roll out of bed and you just rush to the next thing. It's like, I really had to learn to like slow down and set the intention of, of what I'm really doing. And that's helped me a lot. And having the community too, having the right community, because I really like didn't just wake up one day and be like, oh, I just feel amazing. And my art is doing better. Like I really, I feel like if you really take the time to do the work with the right group of people and support, uh, you will find so much more positivity unfolding. And that's when I came across working with a shaman, that's exactly what started, um, you know, helping me release a lot of my baggage that I was holding on to. Right. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm running a program right now called Emerge, and it's all of those things, slowing down, asking ourselves the questions, um, having a community to turn to every Monday. And I just love hearing you affirm that we're on the right path because I really believe <laughs> those are, I, I mean, those are just the keys. You know, you have to look inward, but you also have to find like an interdependence in the world, you know? <laughs> Well, and having the people that, you know, don't judge you, even though you're not on their path. And I've met a lot of people that if you aren't on their path, they don't support you or they don't understand it or you're, um, it's just a different energy. And when I started stepping into this other healing group of energy healers that supported me, no matter where I was at or what I was doing, when I decided to close my practice with the pandemic, they, they are still with me, you know, checking in with me, seeing how I'm doing and encouraging my art. And I feel like if I didn't have that, I probably, you know, wouldn't have learned so much as I have now from working with them. Right. That non-judgmental, uh, I outlook is so important for ourselves to not be so judgmental, but to accept as things are and like observe, but not add, uh, more narratives to it, but also, yeah, to be around people. I mean, same thing in the wellness world. I feel like there's a lot of judgment over, uh, what you should be doing and it just becomes weight on your back, you know? And I, I don't think we can at this time handle much more weight, you know, from right. outside sources. We really have to connect with our, our inner strength. Tell us more about your art. So what's going on with you now? Uh, <laughs> the after part of the story. I'm, so after I decided to close my massage therapy business, which I feel like COVID-19 is a very terrible thing and my heart goes out to everybody and the people that had, you know, to go through it with, you know, family members that they've lost or if they had to go through it themselves with getting over the, the virus and whatnot or in a business that has been struggling. Uh, for me, it turned out to be a blessing because I knew that my uh, therapist days were coming to a close because energetically and physically and mentally it was taxing on myself. And I just knew that um, if something didn't happen soon, 
either I would probably still be stuck doing massage therapy or who knows, but the, the COVID actually brought me closer to my art. And I actually remember just a quick story when I was a student at the Sacramento campus, finishing up my certificate for massage therapy, we were working in clinic and this lady, I will never forget. She, um, I was working on her and, um, after her session, she came out and she said, I, don't know what you do besides going to school for massage therapy, but I'm supposed to tell you to not forget your color path. Whatever you do, do not forget your color path. And I'm like, wow, I'm really blown away because I am deep in my heart, like a true artist. And so I have never heard of that lady ever again, but she has always uh, been close to my heart and I've always kept her uh, knowledge with me and, it's really interesting that she told me about that because with the pandemic closing my practice, I feel even more closer with what I'm creating. And I create every day. I have a wonderful boyfriend that just is so supportive and has made a really comfortable studio for me at the house. And, um, I just have art everywhere. <laughs> so I'm just creating. My goal is to create every single day, no expectations. <clears throat> I'm using Instagram as one of my platforms to share with people and build content. And I have my website that I'm posting my work and selling it. So I'm going in with no expectations, but taking what um, I've learned through this long journey and applying it to what I'm trying to do now. And two, with my art, my art is a deep connection to female energy and sacredness. And I like to paint the, the female form in many mystical ways. And so I've come to really uh, put that into my art. And that's what I paint. And that's what I like to share. Yeah. Honoring the female body is something more than just this like sexualized <laughs> thing or this. Well, and, and to, you know, being a strong woman right now is really important in using your voice. And I feel like it's been a long time for me to find the confidence to use my voice. And I feel like after I went through the path of working with clients as a therapist, helped me find my voice and also with the art now. So I feel like painting strong women is giving the, the women out there encouragement to step into their voice and, and step into their solar plexus and their core and know that they can do whatever they want and succeed at it. Absolutely. Uh, one more thing about the woman's perspective, as you were talking earlier about, uh, you know, taking care of people and just realizing that it was going to like be them or you kind of a thing. Is that an okay way to say it where you were seeing yeah, that you knew that it was, yeah, I feel like it's a very female, at least in our, um, in this, world that we live in, a very female thing to give everything to everyone else and to not take care of ourselves. I feel Absolutely. like that's a common thread. How did you find this strength? And you're a mother too, you know? <laughs> so um, was it just tapping in again to that kind of inner knowing or part of your background that allowed you to step away from that for a second? 
Well, I mean, I was starting to feel it when I was working for other people, having, you know, to see clients a couple per day. And then in my practice, because uh, I was stepping more into energy work and the more hands on I became, the more in tune I was able to like see uh, energy off of people's body, the colors. I would even have um, energies of past loved ones come into sessions and I would be a channel to deliver messages to them. That might sound kind of crazy or woo-woo, but it was an interesting process that really was like beautiful to hold space for my clients, but it was weighing me down. And I was seeing that some of the clients what weren't really there to do the inner work if that makes sense like I felt like I was just giving and giving and giving which was my job but like then they would come back with the same problems that I just felt like it was just this um continuous flow of energy that I was just feeling depleted and my hands were hurting and my inner body was just like, you need to go back to your true passion. Like what is your art is your true passion. So you need to start going back in that direction. And I feel now I, I don't have all of that anxiety, you know, when, um, I'm working on something or I'm, you know, um, in a conversation with a client to give them artwork. It's just a whole different energy. It's not, um, a depleting energy and being a mother, you know, it's, it is hard because you feel like you have to give everything to everybody and you're the last one to serve yourself. And I learned that that doesn't work because if you're always pouring the picture out to everyone else, eventually you're going to get burnout. So self-care is super important. And the more that you love and take care of yourself, the more you can be there for yourself and others. Absolutely. Uh, what really struck me there, um, cause I'm not a mother, but yeah, definitely. Of course there's like a certain self-sacrifice that comes from being a mother, which is why like we just honor and I honor and love <laughs> the mother so much in the world. But, um, the, with a client, it really has to be like a symbiotic relationship. It, Absolutely. It, the old model is out. And I've um, learned this with my teaching practice, the old model of teacher teaching empty vessel student is just no longer. We right. have to be in relationship with each other. And um, yeah, and if both parties aren't giving, it will not work. It will be a right. sacrifice to one and the other won't get what they want. And I, I just, if there's anything that I would want to teach is that you have, everyone has to show up to the table, you know. Um, and want to learn and want to grow from you because if they're there just to suck the energy and not better themselves, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't do anybody any good. <laughs> right. Which goes back to kind of this, um, like the product of the wellness industry, you know, like you hear all the things you're supposed to be doing, you should be doing, uh, you should be purchasing or, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, but if you don't internally and intrinsically feel that you're, you're doing this for yourself, you know, it's not a checklist, it's not a to-do list, but a way of living, then, um, I don't know. I'm not sure that there's much change to be had, you know, and the people that are trying to hold up those, those posts can't hold it up. It has to be a two-way street, I guess. Absolutely. Um, Steph, so your journey is so inspiring and just listening to you speak, 
again, just, I don't know, it, it warms Thank my you. heart and it, it really <laughs> inspires me to, to get back into the work. Um, what would you say to the listener ready to go on their own kind of radical journey? They're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Things aren't working and they just don't know where to turn. What would you suggest to them? First off, I would invite you to be okay with how you feel and don't judge yourself with all the things going on in the white noise, like, because you want to make a change is already a huge pat on the back for you. And then after embracing that energy, I would just start with a healthy, small routine if you can. And each day wake up with, you know, um, a, uh, a meditation to where you can set your intention for the day that has changed everything for me because before I used to rush to get things done, but setting your intention and the tone really sets your energy for the day. Um, also would be starting a gratitude journal and writing three things that just really, um, make you happier that you are thankful for that has happened to you for the day. And when you start focusing on uh, a more positive um, framework rather than a lack way of thinking your, your energy will shift and you won't feel like you're so stuck all the time. And it's discipline, it's self-discipline. And if you try for 30 days of just doing a small meditation in the morning, and then a gratitude journal of three things that you are thankful for, you'll start to see things change around you and your external view will shift. So that is definitely my advice because that's what I had to start doing and working on with myself and uh, just being easy, being easy on yourself. We're always our worst critic and just um, appreciating where you are at this moment. Absolutely. And being like, yeah, gentle with yourself and just we're okay exactly as we are, exactly as we're at. I do have to share about um, something I noticed with my gratitude journal. Do you mind if I share? Go for it. Yeah, please. Yeah. So something that's funny that I feel like is a very like female or old school female quality is to, um, I don't know, feel maybe not deservant in a way of things. And so just with observation and doing this gratitude journal, I noticed that I was scared to feel gratitude for anything frivolous. So, um, which also goes along with being okay with not being okay. And I, you know, exaggerating or, um, sometimes it's okay to, to not be okay with things as they are, you know, that helps right. us to push forward. Um, but not pretending like a false sense of gratitude for like, Oh, but I should be grateful for what I do have, which is true. You know, you can't be grateful and also like discontent or not content anyway. But what I noticed with my gratitude journals that I would not be grateful for, um, anything extravagant. It would have to be like the health of my body, my family, like just very like the smallest things, which mm -hmm. is great. But at some point, uh, 
to feel that gratitude in your body. It might be, I'm grateful I have Spotify and I can listen to this amazing music that blows my mind, you know? (laughs) And um, even though that feels extravagant to me, it also makes life joyous and it brings out those feelings of gratitude. So I guess that's what I would try to explain to the listeners. The gratitude journal, it you you want to feel it too, right? It's not right. just writing the act of writing it down, but really feeling what makes you feel that way. So you feel that way too. And I also knew, know that like through breath work it is super important too. And almost like you breathe with your heart. It's not, so, yes, you breathe with your lungs, but also breathing with your heart to the point where you're breathing out in all those four different directions and being able to uh, just, like you said, feel the gratitude and then project that back out into the world. Like it's a meditative state almost, right? Like that's what I picture when I'm telling you that like your heart is glowing, you're breathing in all different directions and you're putting that feeling of gratitude back out into the world. And that heals, it heals people. Someone might even text you and be like, oh, I was totally thinking about you when you were taking that time to, to energize and raise yourself to a higher energy, you know, instead of being in a low lack based thinking Right. It's just that being state, that feeling state. And the breath absolutely brings us back to that. Oh, and I have an Apple watch that I got and it's so cool because it reminds me to breathe. And so, uh, I'm really grateful for that because that's one thing that I, that actually would cause my anxiety is I wasn't fully breathing or being in touch with my breath. And then it wasn't, um, putting me in the moment. And so I'm now like always working with my breath. I'll put, you know, my hand on my, my tummy and the other one on my heart and like stay in tune with my breathing. And it always brings me back to the moment. So I feel like if you can practice breath work too, that's always really, really helpful. Yeah. And using your Apple watch as a helpful tool, but then you still have to sink into the state, right? It can't yeah. just be another to do. <laughs> You're like, where's my Apple watch? I need to breathe. Yeah. Um, okay. So finally, Steph, what would you consider? So the name of the podcast is Radical Existence. And to me, that just means living your own truth, be it the the standard or any other version of the 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 truth for you. So what would you consider to be your radical existence with like what you say, your work, what you do? How are you living a radical existence? Like you said, it's fully stepping into your truth. I almost see this like female, just like stepping in and being completely grounded. It's being in complete knowing with the trust and the faith and the abundance that you are here doing your work on this planet because we're only here for a certain amount of time and giving it everything you have and not uh, giving anything else to to fear or, you know, the what ifs. That's for me, that's a radical existence because when you stand in truth in yourself, even if you don't realize it, you're inspiring others because everyone is going through the same thing in a whole different way or like a crystal, you know, like a different side is shining or in a different space, you know, it's everyone is connected in their way. And so when you are true in your passion and you share it with the world, like that's your gift and that's going to inspire others. So to me, that's 
that's a radical existence. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like for too long, I've lived in another realm that wasn't truly myself because I didn't believe in myself. And now that I have the chance to step back into my light, I feel that it's just even more um, empowering. Amen. Amen. Oh my gosh, Steph, thank you so much. So many nuggets of wisdom in our conversation. I will be I'm going to go on a walk and definitely like intake it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. So happy to. So tell listeners how we can get a hold of you, your Instagram handle website. How do we find you? Yeah. So on Instagram, I will be Van Van Allen art. Uh, I will be there. And then for my website, you can just look up vanallenart.com. Great. And links will be in the show notes and on um, my Instagram as well. So Yeah, check Stephanie out. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Steph. Thank you.